Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. This is episode 11, I believe. I'm here with Mitch, aka Skin, on my right-hand side, Skin, with the microphone pretty far away from your mouth already. Yep, no shocks. How are we going? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, very well, thanks, Skin. Thanks for being here. We just need to obviously revise the fact that Baze is definitely off at the moment uh, for potentially an extended absence, really, I mean... That hasn't been decided yet after his performance that we will get to on the weekend. We might need to give him a few more weeks off. Uh, but luckily in his place, a man who's in a great vein of podcast form, and that is Sam Hazlitt. Glad to be here. Just uh, just biding my time by the sound of it. But uh, it's good to be involved <laughs> with another episode. Don't worry, Haz. You are in, mate. You've, uh, you've been a real hit uh, with the listeners, as you will hear later on when we go to our Sam Spam section. Um, there's been plenty of activity on the Instagram story uh, needing to get a couple of questions your way. So you won't be left out tonight at all. You'll be an integral player. Uh, guys, tonight, probably a little structure of the episode. We've got some obviously some cricket chat, massively exciting night overnight. Uh, certainly our time in Australia. Uh, so there is plenty of cricket chat. Uh, we go through the Ashes. We go through the Australian women's cricket team at the moment who are playing West Indies. Uh, we go through a Redlands round one wrap as well because we all play for Redlands, obviously, boys. Uh, we are definitely going to talk about our own games because Premier Grade Cricket started on the weekend in Queensland. Um, we are also going to talk to someone, Andrew Goaty, who we played against on the weekend, but a very, very Good grade cricketer, you'd have to say, has one of the better ones you played against. Yeah, unbelievable player. Always, uh, always a bit worried when he's at the crease batting or bowling to you. Magnificent. So we will get to have a chat to him on the phone. And we obviously do our NRL wrap. Thank you very much, Has is here, so that's fantastic. Uh, we've got an AFL wrap uh, and then a little skin to start section, obviously, and some social sim bin boys. That's Looking forward it's to it. Funny. And we've got to get through it reasonably quick too so that uh, no one gets bored and the only people that can listen to it are the ones that are driving from Brisbane to Bundaberg. Uh, so we're going to need to uh, wind it up in under an hour. Always always an option for like one and a half times speed or someone isn't there on the on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We don't teach people how to do that. There's a YouTube video out there for that. That's how I'm learning at the moment. <laughs> Um, fantastic. Rightio, boys. Well, we better start with cricket then. Let me play the intro for that, oh, please. Oh, close. He's given him. He's given him. Peter Settle's got a hat trick on his birthday. Champion, 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 champion. Unbelievable. Uh, 
boys, last night uh, there was obviously Australia retained the Ashes, we should say. They, they're up 2-1 in the series, obviously one test match to play. Uh, but they have retained the Ashes, which we haven't actually done in England. It is a massive thing uh, because we have not done it since 2001, you remember. So that was when people like Steve Waugh, Mark Waugh, Michael Slater, Justin Langer, all those people were still playing in 2001 was the last time that we retained the Ashes in England. So pretty massive result, you'd have to say. Very impressive. Uh, any any win or even if it's going to be a draw for the series away from home is pretty impressive. Um, to match and or beat someone in their home conditions is very tough. They've grown up playing in those conditions and, and they're probably going to provide wickets that uh, they know will probably struggle on or, or be a real challenge. So um, massive result. And, uh, and I guess a lot of people... Wouldn't have uh, backed Australia to do that um, after the, what's happened over the last few years in Australian cricket, maybe not being as strong um, or had the results that they have had in the past with, um, with legends of the game coming and going from the side. Lethal. How are you? No, boys. You were absolutely choked on a fly there or something. Yeah, right. That was horrible. Oh, we'll put your editing skills to the test again. Yeah, thanks for taking over and really saying so much during yeah. that time, Skin. I really tend to panic under pressure. <laughs> don't do that to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, that's a very good rap, Has, I must say. Uh, and probably the difference between the two sides is a guy that we've heard a little bit about. His name's Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, uh, his stats were far and away the most impressive from, from either team during the series, um, even there's still one more game to go, but there's been a couple of other impressive individual performances, but his consistency is uh, is unheard of um, against England in general. I think everyone's seen the stats on, on social media over the last 12 games or whatever he's, he's played against England, um, but, but this series in particular coming back from time away from the game in those conditions, um, yeah, England just had no answer so far. Sorry, Skid, I'm just leaving gaps for you here in case you want to get some early touches. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm happy. All right, fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're quite right, it has. Uh, and, I mean, it's a massive achievement really because there were a lot of people obviously saying that when he sort of got banned for the year that he would never come back the same player. Then I even read articles when he got hit in the neck that he was not going to come back the same player. And I'm pretty sure that every time that he's come back, Someone's written one of these articles. He's actually come back better again. So he's gone like double hundred now when he's first came back from a head knock. It's just ridiculous. He just has a serious appetite for runs. And I think people people say that that's why he's so good is that he adapts really well, which you need to do one to conditions or bowlers, but um, different plans. Their teams are always coming up with different plans. They analyze your strengths and weaknesses. Not that he has too many weaknesses, but uh, but they look for those. They change their plans, try new things, and and he can pick up on those change of plans and, and come up with a plan himself on how to counter it and, and execute it yeah. straight away. Yeah. No, nah, it's true. And and I saw you're exactly right because I sort of I will get to it in the social sim bin, but every commentator, I guess half the reason that they get paid is so that they have just something to talk about. Um, and so they every commentator's got a new theory every test match for getting him out. That's what I find amazing. Um, we'll talk about a couple of them in the social sim bin. But like it just it's almost like he's prepared for whatever the next plan is as well. He just goes like like they bounced him. Uh, obviously, and then all the media was about, well, we're just going to keep bowling bounces at him, keep bowling bounces at him. The problem is that Steve Smith would have gone away and faced lightning in the nets with sidearms and bowlers and whatever else and just asked everyone to just bowl short at him. And then he comes back in the next test and he just like didn't look remotely troubled by it. And if anything, it probably took away from like the really dangerous balls that they could bowl early with the new ball. I don't think he was ever really going to be that worried by short pitch bowling. He's faced plenty of it in the past. He's 
obviously got an unbelievable eye, so he's picking up the length early. Yeah. Sometimes you get hit in the head. It's just the way it goes, and, and that ball that hit him in the head was, was one of those times. And, and he's shown that he can he can still dominate yeah. whatever plan. Remembering that actually a lot of people got hit in the head in that game too. It was a quite an up-and-down wicket. No, yeah. I think yeah. what makes it tough to bowl to as well is he changes his pre-movement. He goes different amounts across the wicket, uh, deep in the crease. Um, and the bowler, when the bowler's running in, has a plan. He doesn't know what Smith's going to do, what pre-movement he's going to use and how far he's going to go. So um, the bowler's having to change his plan on the run mm. and, and really late in the piece just before release, which which means it's more more likely to make a mistake, I guess, in execution. Yeah. Do you, no, think, no. do you think Smith even knows what he's going to do? Like, is that something that he would he would have thought about and, and planned or is that just something he sort of has a feel for as, as the bowler's coming in? No idea. Um, he might he might plan ahead and, and decide he's going to do a certain have a certain change with his pre movement or um, look to do something different in that ball. Um, I wouldn't know, but um, but you have to be a very good player to be able to do that because they always talk about having the same process each ball doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're you're in trouble. Obviously, he's got his processes with his fidgeting and, and his preparation pre ball, um, but he's able to make some small changes as the ball is running in or. Um, just before release. Very true. Um, I guess has the the only couple of there's probably a couple of questions, but the one main question I guess that's gonna uh, that we've already talked about in a couple of episodes of the podcast here um, is sort of whether David Warner, even with that result and that win, and whether David Warner is still under pressure. That's actually a question that's come in from a listener. So thanks, Marcus, uh, on Instagram. He's he's sending that question. Not so. to be confused with Manus. No, not to be confused uh, with Marnus, <laughs> definitely not. Because uh, Mar- Mar- Marnus does, not... get, get, does get called Marcus a fair bit no, uh, around, around the traps. So. It's also not Marcus Harris, just to, uh, just to be clear. So, David, <laughs> if you're listening, everyone in your team still wants you in the team. Um, just one other listener that's actually a touch football player, so <laughs> doesn't know a great deal. Um, but he asked the question of whether you should be under pressure. Oh, I think playing for your country, you're always feeling like you're under pressure, um, uh, unless you're Steve Smith and scoring hundreds every game. Uh, yeah, he's probably pretty comfortably cemented in the team. He's got himself at least one test match. Yeah, he'll be right for the fifth one. You should be right for the fifth. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and most even the best players often feel under pressure because cricket's one of those games where you fail a lot and, and you might have a few bad scores in a row and feel the pressure, but. It's the good players that then come back and score runs and, and, and show why they're there and why they should be there and, and why the people calling for their, them to be dropped too early uh, were wrong. Um, but it has been a, a lean trot for Warner. Got 60-odd um, not long ago, which, I mean, if you can score 60-odd against an England team, then, then you can score 100 or 200. There's no reason why you can't. Um, but, yeah, his average for the series is, is still poor, poor despite, despite that. And um, Steam Stuart Broad has his measure... Uh, I don't think they'll drop him for the last game. No, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I think, and I think, um, yeah, it just seems to be a one-off with Stuart Broad around the wicket with the with the moving ball. Uh, yeah. he's, he's coming in at the top of the order, opening the batting, which is super tough. Um, and yeah, wouldn't be surprised if next Test series he he comes back and, and scores a bucket load of runs uh, against a different opponent. Yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely think that they will stick with him. I, I sort of hope that they do. I, I think that there's. Uh, it's been a real lean track for probably a lot of batsmen in the team. Really, it's been. A, it's never easy to go to England and and score runs over there. That's obviously the reason that we haven't won or retained Ashes since for probably eighteen years. Uh, so I think that there's probably a lot of batsmen over there that are not feeling great and probably struggling and feeling like they'd love to uh, have some extra time in the middle and things like that. So yeah, there's no question that. Um, 
he's struggling, but I think that a lot of people are. You look across both sides, the England side and uh, and the Australian side, and really the difference has been Steve Smith consistently, and then probably added him with like a, a Manus for a period of time, and then and then a couple of bits and pieces from other batsmen as well. So I, I think Warner will get back to exactly what made him such a gun player uh, and someone that's bowlers feared really because he is the top player that can take a game away from you in less than a session as well. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, Has I was going to ask you too, uh, is like seeing Jack Leach get him out, Steve Smith, he was already on 108, but seeing sort of Leachy get him out ended up being a no ball. But did that sort of give you a little bit of faith for if Queensland play New South Wales and the Shield this year and Hazlitt is playing and Smith is playing. Are they going straight to the left arm orthodox of Sam Hazlitt, do you think? You certainly hope so. I think, <laughs> um, I think, so I think you can easily say he struggles against left arm orthodox. And I'm up there with Jack Leach's calibre, surely. Uh, no, definitely not. I, I, I bowl darts uh, that, that slide on. So uh, I think... Um, I'm definitely not finding the outside edge of Steve Smith's bat. Yeah, well, we'll get to we'll get to your performance soon, actually. Uh, but before we do, guys, uh, just the international Australian women's team is playing at the moment as well. Uh, they're in a three-match ODI series against the West Indies, uh, and a couple of standout players again in game one. Uh, Australia were actually one for none, and then lost their next wicket with the score on 225. So 225 runs stand between Alyssa Healy and Meg Lanning, who both made hundreds, uh, as Australia obviously went on to win that game quite comfortably. Um, and then in game two, it was the Elise Perry show. She's got 112 from 118 balls. Um, and that obviously sealed the three-game series with still one match to go. Uh, but Australia made two for 308 off their 50 overs, which is a sizable score. Um, they actually made... 308 in both of those ODIs. So oh, skin, just, just as a little skin start for you. I wonder uh, if that is been done regularly before teams batting and making the exact same score two games in a row. Quite interesting, has yeah. Very, very. No, the, the women's team is stacked at the moment with, with great players and if someone doesn't get the job done and up the top of the order, there's someone in the middle who's going to score 100 by the looks of it and, and Elise Perry's got an awesome record in... One day cricket, as does of course Meg Lanning and Alyssa Healy, and um, there's women like Beth Mooney down there who, yeah. in the middle order who uh, probably hasn't had the opportunity to score as many runs as as she's capable of, and, yeah. and is sure to do a job when but, required. And there was actually some chaos in that second game. Has I'm not sure if you read about this, but Meg Lanning was actually ruled out like between minutes before the match started, uh, and so they had to have a, like a rapid cap presentation, Rachel Haynes had to take over the captaincy. Uh, so it was quite chaotic and then Elise Perry obviously just came out and went, that's just another game of cricket orders, notch 100, thanks. Uh, and then no fatigue, came out, opened the bowling and took the first wicket as well. Fair player. Um, what I want, did want to ask you about though, boys, is what about this, the fact that the West Indies, so in reply to two for 308 in the second game, the West Indies have gone to, they've got eight for 157 after their 50 overs. They're literally halfway. They just well, use that as a centre wicket. They say, they say to take the game deep. Isn't that one of those overused <laughs> phrases? Right. They, they certainly that. took it as deep as they possibly could. Yeah. Probably, probably left themselves with a bit much to do in the last <laughs> over, I'd say. But. Guys, it's pretty, should be sorted here. We only need 150 off the last over. Um, that's fascinating. I can't, like, they're not bowled out. They've got two wickets in hand. Can someone have yeah. a dip? Surely yeah, that would be frustrating. Having a slog somewhere in the oh. last turn at least. Dear me. Yeah, usually seeing all out. 
or a uh, or a getting close at least. Sure, like something go down swinging. But anyway, they've used the opportunity to get outside the nets and have yeah. a little centre wickety. <laughs> Nothing wrong with looking for some red ink down the, the tail end. No. They're <laughs> trying to push their case for well, moving up the order. We got a question actually about your average later in the show. Uh, has so oh, maybe that's maybe that sort of was on the front of their minds as well. Um, but speaking of our averages, we we do need to get to a little Redlands wrap, guys. Uh, for round one, uh, obviously the Premier Grade cricket season, first grade and second grade started on the weekend, both with one day games. Uh, myself and Has played in the Redlands round one, uh, first grade, sorry, uh, and then Skinner, you've obviously played in the second grade, so we should be able to cover both games quite well. Um, the standout performance for us, I think, in round one uh, was actually the man that you're replacing, Sam, uh, James Baisley, uh, certainly earned his rest from the podcast, came out and scored 84 when we were sort of in some strife with three for 30-odd. Um, and then Baisley's come out and scored 84. And then you might have seen the video across our social media, but Bays also with five runs to win, one wicket to play. Uh, in his 10th over, came out and bowled an absolute peach of a Yorker, sent timber everywhere and won us the game by five runs when it was probably one that... We didn't really bat well enough to win, uh, only making sort of 199 off our 50 um, after sort of stalling a couple of times with blocks of wickets and then basically just probably the difference between the two sides really, Sam. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't taken credit uh, for the uh, captaincy decisions you made to get mm, us home there. But. That's true. Very strong, actually. The right has it. Should have been more arrogant there. But we were lucky to have Jimmy Pearson as well um, behind the stumps uh, and uh, he, he came up with some good plans along the way, kept us mm. going. Um, positive thoughts and and uh, that we could get there and a couple of late wickets and yeah, Bayes Bayes was incredible bat and ball true all rounder and uh, and he showed it round one so it's a good way to start the year yeah absolutely um, Bayes uh, we got a question actually boys as well just uh, Steve Smith um, when he he said in an interview that when he gets a hundred or when he bats well uh, that he rewards himself that night with a like full block of Cadbury chocolate, yeah, Cadbury dairy milk chocolate. Sorry. Skinnered, I think you made the comment that we would probably should be buying shares in yeah, Cadbury, Cadbury if that's the case. Well, I mean, I, I reward myself with a Cadbury block of chocolate, I think, if getting through a day uh, every night. So yeah, um, right. I probably yeah, should awesome. t- increase my uh, standards there. Well, that's uh, pretty much what Steve Smith does as well. He's yeah, just exactly. assume that he gets 100 during the day. Yeah, exactly. If he's getting a block every time he's... Scores 100, he's going to be going to be morbidly obese mm. before the end of his career. Yeah, so there were a couple of questions oh. as to how Bayes rewarded himself, and I can tell you firsthand from experience, I don't think you'll mind me uh, saying this, but we were on the way to the Lions game straight after cricket, and he definitely rewarded himself with one of those golden arches varieties, family boxes, the family meal deals. Uh, I helped him eat it. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry, it's going to twist your arm, you have to. Um, so yeah. that was the way that James likes to reward himself, just for the listeners out there. Family it's a big effort. Yeah, it's just yeah, got to got to refuel. You know, it's he's, pretty good value for money, though. To be fair, I mean, we're not here to promote Maccas, but plenty of protein in no, there. I, would, uh, yeah. I hope the Queensland cricket uh, nutritionist isn't isn't listening. Just uh, <laughs> a few of the comments I've made recently, but yeah, no, no, nah. nah, this was all uh, outside of skinfold testing time. Um, <laughs> so we're fine there. Uh, Skin, how'd the second grade go? Uh, not quite as well. We played against Valleys at Valleys. Um, we fielded first, and I thought we'd we'd done quite well. We bowled really well. We had had a young debutant, Matt Short. Um, bowled, Very talented, bowled, yeah. Shorty. Yeah, yeah. He, he was probably a bit. Sam Hazlitt coached, I take it. Mm. For, is that why yeah. you jumped yeah. in there? No, no credit to myself, but he, uh, <laughs> he 
He's very, he's very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but only a fairly young fellow, and he was was on debut, so I was pretty nervous. I think he got slapped for maybe twelve off his first over or something, and then his his next nine went for about one and over each. So yeah, he he was unreal. Um, and we we probably dropped a couple of catches and, and things like that. They ended up getting to I think two hundred and twenty, which we mm. felt was quite under par. Yeah, uh, but then we had the the classic Redlands Tigers middle order collapse, and I think we got skittled for maybe one seventy. Yeah, that hurts. That does hurt. Okay, so that's an uh, area to improve on. But obviously, batting across ones and twos probably needs to improve for the next round. Uh, Skinned yourself personally? How did you go? Oh, I played two phenomenal shots. Made a made a gorgeous three runs, and then got clean bowled by a slower ball Yorker. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Okay. Probably just hit the straight ones next right. week. All right, that's good. That's an area to improve on when you <laughs> go to training tomorrow night. Uh, has? Yeah, I mean. Got to work on your slow ball Yorker hitting. I didn't mean coaching, you idiot. I mean, how did you go? (laughs) I will take some coaching if you're offering that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need any of that. Um, Got to start, 31. Um, Slapping them, actually. Hit one straight to cover. That was uh, a tough wicket, though, I thought it was. (laughs) Yeah, well, according to you, I'll take it, but I thought it was all right. I thought it was the best wicket of all time, but I thought my 49 runs were just scrapped. Just had balls zinging past my head and sideways movement. I was pretty much batting in the ashes. That's funny because the only highlight you've showed me of your innings is you slapping one straight back into the side screen. So it didn't look too tough. Thanks, Skittle. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I might put that up. No, that <laughs> shocked me. Yeah. Yeah, that was after I'd played a miss at about four, though. So I think uh, it's right. got, just got sick of it. Yeah, anyway, uh, actually, one of the listeners is, um, has asked if we can talk us, talk us through uh, all 49 runs in great detail. I'm not actually going to do that, but I will let our next guest. Uh, do that and guys after the little break here uh, we are going to have the man that we talked about Andrew Goaty one of the great crickets great blokes and great players Okay, and boys, after our chat about cricket, we are fortunate enough to be able to speak to a, uh, a cricketer on the other end of the line here. And this is quite a momentous occasion um, because this is the first time we've actually ever had a phone guest on, um, which is quite exciting. So, oh, well, it could be exciting. It's a real test for the equipment to see if that actually works. But uh, let's have a crack. Andrew, are you there? Are you there, Gody? I'm, I am well. I am well, and I'm here. I must admit... Uh those knowing Lee, knowing how uh, late he is, I thought this was going to be done by homing pigeon. He was that late tonight. Uh, he, he did say he was going to call me at seven. It's now just after eight, but anyway. Yeah, that, that, we'll I, I obviously was going by Adelaide time, though. I haven't quite worked yeah, out the yeah, transition nah. between the two. No, nah, it's only. It's only been four years, so I guess it's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right. Uh, Gingus, I should let you know that you're also with uh, Skinny Weasley uh, on my right, and then Sam Hazlitt is here as well in the studio. Um, the studio, studio is probably a stretch, but... Um, the studio, that, i.e. your kitchen table. That's correct. correct. Yeah, that's yep. exactly right. Uh, so thanks very much for being with us tonight, Gingus. I guess we wanted to, uh, we wanted to speak to you for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, a, you're obviously a huge supporter of the podcast uh, and continuously do bad us about getting on so it was important that i broke at some point just relentless like you're bowling actually yeah absolutely no i'm a big fan 
Uh, like renewable energy, I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, Genghis, uh, and, and I guess the other the other reason that we wanted to speak to you as well is obviously because um, you are you are certainly a cricketer yourself. You um, you've got uh, some interesting stories to tell, actually, which we will get to. But you give us a little bit of insight, another voice uh, into the cricket side of things, which we're obviously lacking on this particular panel. Uh, and then also uh, a huge fan of NRL as well and a big South Sydney Rabbitohs supporter. Uh, so Hazlitt has requested that you came on because the more sort of ra- the Rabbitohs, he, he says, are his second team. Um, so he's happy with that. But uh, they're certainly your first, I would think, aren't they? I was they with – um, Yeah, I was with Gody when the Rabbits won the grand final a couple of years ago, actually. We were on a, a flight back – from a cricket game somewhere, I can't believe what what the occasion was, but but yeah, he was he was stoked. I was stoked, but I think he was a bit more happy we, than I was. Mm. We were we were we were on a flight we were, uh, from Townsville on the way to Brisbane. So first grand final that we got to see for our rabbit eyes. We were stuck on a flight, but um, didn't stop us carrying on like pork chops, you know, in our <laughs> thirteen uh, over the road. Very, very nervous days. times. I think we're, you're always we're pretty very, nervous on a flight, but uh, a bit more nervous that flight. Yeah. Very nervous. Very nervous. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. Oh, I didn't realise that has. This is another reason why I just love sitting next to Haz because you just feel like it's sort of the first time that you meet him every time that he comes over. <laughs> constantly <learning. laughs> he says, oh, he another story that he hasn't let anyone know. He just blindsides you. <laughs> uh, Gingus, we wanted to chat to you tonight as well. Um, we have had a little bit of a chat about uh, we do like to sort of uh, take the piss out of our own games on the weekend and how we went. We obviously had round one of the uh, Queensland Premier Grade season. Uh, we were lucky enough to take on you, actually, Gingus, which is always a... Uh, Always a good occasion and always provides plenty of entertainment, mainly from you sort of taking your shirt off when you bowl a decent delivery and <laughs> one goes past the outside edge of the bat and you feel like you were robbed for the batsman not to nick it. Mm, mm, absolutely. Just like on the weekend where I hit you in front, you weren't given something like that. <laughs> yes, something like that. Apparently that was going 14 sets of stumps down the leg side, but Gody tried to convince the umpire <laughs> that it was out. I was actually quite surprised. There probably wasn't quite as much Valley's carry on this game as what I'm, I'm used to in the past. Maybe a few change of personnel, but yeah. Mm. Josh, yeah. Das, Josh Das, you're missing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Part Big part of the puzzle. Big was, part yeah. of the puzzle. I was thinking that, yeah. <laughs> and hello to Josh. Is he, is he gone home? He was actually there on the weekend. He almost sort of joined I, I, in shaking hands. He's on a he's on a flight back to Adelaide. Is he uh, really? Tonight, I think. So feel sorry for the poor sod sitting next to him on the plane. Uh, but how was the weekend? Gingis playing against obviously uh, a couple of um, very good cricketers that sit on this panel, and the we got the chocolates, which is ironic that it's named that uh, because yeah, very very ironic. No, it was a good game. It was a very good game actually. And yeah, no worries, Arthur. Never uh, never bad games against the Tiger Boys. Um, probably a game we felt like we. Probably should have won really a few times, and then you guys probably should have run it a few times. So, um, yeah, we just missed a few chances and a few funny dismissals, and then and eventually uh, you guys did get the chocolate. So it was a bit disappointing, but yeah. anyway, we move on to another Saturday. We do. I think we're often on the other end of that at Redlands when we play Valleys. You you guys always seem to come home and uh, and just pip us uh, in most of the games we play. So it was it was nice from my end to be on on the uh, the other end of it. We do. They have been over the last four or five years, definitely. They've sort of been little ones that end up real late in the day or even one day as it sort of go down to the wire. But, um, yeah, like I said, we, we have probably got the better of years the last few years, but no, he's, uh, he's certainly uh, he got us on the weekend. And for yourself, Ging, you're obviously just uh, probably victim of some very good planning, um, meticulous practice <laughs> of our sort of <laughs> stock standard <laughs> lines that we like to bowl at Redlands. Uh, do you want to talk the mm. listeners through how we, you were dismissed? 
Uh, well, dismissed. We'll put that in a um, what's uh, put that in. Uh, what are the words? The upside down commas. Italics, um, yeah. Inverted commas. We'll put that with a question mark. No, I, uh, I, I got, uh, well, let's say, caught down the leg side um, again with, with a, a couple of question marks. I think you've clarified uh, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, caught down the leg side, uh, cracker of a ball from Bayes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, no, nah, but anyway, what what can you do? Mm, that's right. No, you can't do much. Sometimes you just got to tip your hat to the bowler, I guess. Yeah, you do get good ones sometimes. <laughs> yeah, all the best players get out caught down leg side. Yeah. I've always said that. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. We've actually talked through Hazard's uh, dismissals a couple of times in the preseason, and they've always been caught mm. behind in the leg side. Yeah, stiff. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, and Gingus, I was wondering just uh, sort of uh, just to well, people that are listening uh, already know this. We've talked through our individual scores, but obviously just in case you were unaware, um, I actually made 49 runs on the weekend. Um, and one of the listeners has sort of emailed in just asking for a ball-by-ball uh, ball description of the 49 runs I scored. I thought it might be nice to sort of let you describe that. Well, I mean... It certainly didn't bring the uh, the fans back to grey. That's for sure. Watching you thickishly inside edge balls from outside, I've stumped past the square leg umpire for one. Uh, no, obviously you've had well, Gabe. I mean, that's uh, it was a typical lead red image innings. Uh, not very pretty, but got the job done. Um, no, but uh, what, what more do you want me to say? Uh, you got that's pretty good. Scrap. You scrapped around like no man's land. Yeah, yeah that's right. Just <laughs> mentally tough, I think, is what you said. <laughs> that's what that's I heard. Exactly right. Yeah, that's real, what I heard. Real, real, what you can real get. Dig in, day in the real. trenches. On, on a minefield yeah. as well, wasn't <laughs> it? That was a yeah, tough yeah. wicket. <laughs> tough, tough wicket. It would have been a ball that didn't swing all day. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Came into England. Um, yeah, but nice, Kingus. That's excellent. So I, I would assume that you're probably still sort of mentally recovering from uh, the punishment of all those singles that I sort of hit you for. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, I had a sleepless night Saturday night. Bowling ten overs, none for thirty. One of the most boring spells I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, no, fair enough. Yeah, uh, Genghis. Obviously, I'm doing the majority of the talking here, but um, but that's fine. We, we, we has has put his hand up every now and then when he wants to say something. And then Skinner sort of churned out. He's off for a coffee and. Um, he's got not not much to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm just hovering about. No, yeah, he's chuckle. Hovering, he's hovering and just <laughs> listening. Uh, but Genghis, we probably to a little bit of serious stuff. I guess your your story uh, in cricket is probably a little bit bittersweet and uh, and sort of one that's you know worth talking about. I guess a big part of the reason why we sort of wanted to get you onto the podcast um, because it's uh, it's quite inspiring in many ways, but also probably uh, frustrating in in others. I guess and um, and so. It's no secret that you were sort of picked last year for a, for a one-day game for Queensland along with uh, the man sitting on my left, obviously, and got to play a game with Haz. Uh, and that came on sort of the back, off the back, I guess, of, of really seven or eight years of domination of first-grade cricket. I Certainly, like last year, uh, just going through a couple of these studs, last year scored over 1,300 runs. Uh, just certainly taken 40 wickets last year, 49 wickets the year before that. Um, we could probably go back for five or six years and, and continue to read those numbers. Uh, and just to give the listeners some idea, look, um, I think I had a good season last year uh, and I scored 700 runs. 
Well, actually, no, it's 697 because you need a 700 to get a free season. Don't oh, miss yeah. out by that <laughs> three runs. So that was good. Perfect. He's that unlucky. Uh, yeah. He's that unlucky. <laughs> maybe, right. if you hit the ball more, maybe if you hit the ball more than 20 metres, you might have got some <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure point. I paddle swept one for four that got given to the other batsman too, but that's a, a matter Ooh. for the courts now. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, so, Gingis, 1,300 runs, I guess, the point that I was making there before we got back to my batting, um, was that, was that uh, 1,300 runs is a ridiculous amount of runs. So uh, most people within the great cricket community would certainly have seen it as a, as a very well overdue and a, and a very, I guess, a very useful selection. Uh, but I guess you probably, I've spoken and you've told me the story a couple of times now, but uh, I guess you probably tell the story the best as to, as to what sort of emotions uh, were going through you uh, after probably so many years of hard work and, and that finally paying dividends and then how the day eventually sort of panned out for you, I guess? Um, yeah, well, I guess I guess the thing I'm, I guess, most proud about is that, like you mentioned, I probably, you know, you sort of, when you get picked for something like that, you sort of want to feel like you earned it, if that makes sense, um, or you deserved it. And uh, I guess for this one, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I felt I did. Um, not just for the, I guess, the start of last year, but like you said, for, you know, the last few years in great cricket where I've been, you know, quite consistent, which is very cool. Um, <laughs> that is yeah, cool. Uh, great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, it um, must be cool. Oh, look, it was, runs you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, it was very cool. Thanks, Skin. Skin, would you have hit 1,300 uh, runs before any year? Haven't you? I don't know if I've hit 1,300 runs in my career yet. Okay. Well, <laughs> keep trying. Okay. <laughs> We'll keep going. Uh, um, no, I, I got a phone call from um, uh, from Justin Stearns on, I think it was a Thursday, saying effectively there's been a few injuries and you're in. Um, that was about lunchtime Thursday, and I was a flight on a flight down there at about three o'clock Thursday afternoon. We played uh, the Whackers on the Friday when Darcy Short got. Six million four hundred and thirty three thousand um, <laughs> hit, hit us to all parts. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of my time sort of as the. 30th man running to get hit balls. Um, <laughs> and then... And then that game, um, has? Yeah, it wasn't fun standing on the boundary watching balls sail over my head. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. It was some incredible hitting. Um, and then effectively we played uh, we played New South Wales a few days later and I got told the day before that I was going to play boot, which is obviously pretty cool. So um, rang fam, rang the wife. Um, we had a little a little fella at the time, or he's still a little fella, but he's, um, he was a lot littler back then. So mm. obviously told him, told mum and dad, and um, I can't remember what the week it was. We we ended up, uh, I think we won the toss and batted, and Linny, Linny smoked him, which is not overly surprising. Yeah. Uh, got 130, not, yeah, not, not really surprising. He got 130 on, and I came in with about six or seven overs to go. Um Against an offie, which I uh, sort of obviously fancy my chances against usually. Mm. And um, yeah, it turns out he had a massive doozer by the looks of it. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I, uh, I, I lunged forward to one that didn't spin and, and uh, flipped the top of my bail. So that was my first ball. So um, that was obviously not the greatest start in the world, I'll be honest with you, Lee. Um, no. no. Yep. No, so we, we, we ended up getting a quite a competitive title. Um, we were up, up near 300 from memory. I must admit, after it, a little bit, it was a blur, to be honest with you, that last little bit. Um, and then we obviously went out to bowl. We got an early one. Uh, and then Moses Enriques and... Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Edwards. Edwards. Jack, Jack, Jack Edwards, Edwards uh, absolutely smacked us to all parts and both got hundreds. Uh, I bowled quite poorly. 
Uh, my first ball got hit for four, a slow ball, which, if anything, spun the other way. It didn't spin that much. Um, that was a real theme and, in the game, in fact. Yeah, just off spinners spinning from leg to off. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> um, and then um, and, and it was over, I guess, relatively quickly. Um, so, I'm, oh, look, obviously, not the greatest start or or anything to my, uh, to my one-day career for Queensland, but... Honestly, it was, it was just it was a massive honour. Um, Luke Feldman presented me my cap, yeah. one seven six. Um, you know, he broke down in tears. Yeah, as has probably remembers. Um, I think it was on telly as well, which uh, yeah, I it certainly know. was. Yeah, we, we saw it certainly that as was. Well. Um, yeah, so and and uh, that that stuff that's awesome. You know, that's pretty cool. You don't get to do that. Um, you know, with one of your closest mates um, for a long time, yeah, and that's that's probably my fondest memory of the day, really. Um, yeah. Uh, but apart from that, it it certainly went downhill <laughs> mm, yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah, but absolutely. like I said, you know, you can sort of look at it two ways. Like obviously very disappointed, but the other way it is, you know, I've got to do something that I guess not many other people have got to do, which is, you know, which is pretty cool. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I sort of have to ask, Ingus, is it, is it still, you know, so we're, we're talking about something that was only really this time last year. They, there's still aspirations that you hold uh, to push your name on me you've been pretty consistent for the last 12 years so um is it something that you hope to still push your case for oh absolutely but uh, you know me i'm also a realist that i i think it'd probably take a few dominoes to fall over for me to get that opportunity again uh and again not saying that you know not saying that i wouldn't deserve to be picked again because obviously you know i finished the year quite well and all that sort of stuff but i i just think they're probably looking in slightly other directions. But, I mean, you never say never. And mm-hmm. see, what if I got the phone call? I, I know I would do better <laughs> next time, that's for sure. But, yeah. like I said, I, look, I, I, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic at the same time. Yeah, okay. Oh, very fair, mate, very fair. Um, actually, it's ironic that you mentioned Luke Feldman. He did actually uh, email in because he had a guess that we might be speaking to you when I sort of let it slip on Instagram that we might be speaking to someone that we played against. And he said to make sure that we got uh, stuck into you about um, the fact that you only drink craft beers. Um, he, okay. re- he reckons that for someone that didn't have a beer until they were 24 years old, which is actually true, that is a true story because I know that when I was oh, playing it. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> 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 Hold on, it was 21. And let's be honest, you're 29 haven't paid for a beer in 29 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I had to buy you a few vodka cruisers though back in the day. That's incorrect also. <laughs> Gingus, don't let the truth get in the way of a good podcast, as they say, Gingus. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> it's very, very common. Um, yes, so no. That's a, I look forward to having a craft beer with you at some stage, Gingus. You do have a 4X like though. You don't turn your nose up at those, do you? Oh, no. Nah. Oh, look. I'll have a 4X, but, I mean, I must prefer something with a few more hops, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. You were quite good at basketball in your day as well, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I am. That's, they, they call me Leaping Leroy Loggins for no reason. <laughs> the way he goes for the bunnies as well, plenty of hops there. Oh, oh has oh, bang oh, from downtown. Good gear, has one. Very good, has <laughs> <laughs> Great gear. Oh, I should have played a sound effect there. I've missed the chance to play the little... Sorry, has. I'll remember that next for next time. time. Yeah, there'll yeah. be plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a great way to inject yourself into the conversation, has, like a little playmaker when they've got to the line because we are now segueing to the NRL rap. What are you laughing for? No, nah, no reason. Oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, has take it away. NRL wrap. NRL. Well, I guess uh, last normal round of the season for the NRL. Uh, a few points to to come out of that the weekend. Um, big big game for the weekend was the Sharks versus the Tigers uh, with that with the winning team making the finals. When, and uh, the Sharks end up making the eight, move into seventh spot, actually, uh, after the Broncos lost their game against the Bulldogs. Um, and uh, and Paul Gallen kicking his first field goal of his career. Which was, uh, what the heck was going on there? Yeah, that was an interesting one, but uh, I'm sure you'll be remembering that probably more than anything else from his career is his, uh, his, his field goal for the Sharks. He actually struck it very cleanly. Too. It like, looked like a genuine just... Proper drop goal. Must have been practicing all week, I reckon. It's, it was in the playbook. For what reason, though? Is it just something that he needed to achieve in his career? To go uh, bucket list? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, other interesting thing to come out of that game was uh, Robbie Farrow being a late call-up. Um, rocked up to the game, wasn't expecting to play. Stole by the coaches, I'll bring your boots just in case. He, um, he broke his leg less than a month ago. Um, actually, and uh, Corey Thompson twinged his Achilles during warm-up and uh, – and so they told Farrah to strap on the boots and, and you're in. So, um, Jeez, that's loose yeah. from a leg break. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a magnificent healing. There's <laughs> <laughs> plenty happening there. Great lead up to the game. Yeah, yeah um, I guess moving on, a few other games. Knights were terrible um, and looked really disinterested after things started going against them in the second half. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with their season being well and truly over. Um, Nathan Cleary nearly beating uh, Tom Draboyevich's super coach record, uh, getting very close. Um, couldn't quite continue his involvement with the last in the last 10, 10 or 15 minutes of the game. It's funny that you mentioned super coach there actually has because I know we obviously still have Gody on the line here who's looking for a way to get in and he has spoken to me on numerous <laughs> occasions about how good of a super coach player he is. Uh, Gody, is, is there any truth to that rumour? What's your current ranking? There's a small truth to rumour. I uh, I entered final round uh, 400 and I think 440 something, which is quite decent. I had an absolute Stephen Tinker of a final round. Uh, no Nathan, no Nathan Cleary, as has just mentioned, and uh, ended up dropping to just outside the top 800, which is still okay, I guess. But um, but yeah, it could have been a lot better. But uh, it's uh, an avid passion of mine, along with craft beer. Well, top top thousand is usually the goal, and uh, and you're in that by the sounds of it. So that's uh, that's that a pretty good house? achievement. How'd you go? House? Nah, no, nah, goes well and truly got me there. I finished uh, about seven thousandth. Um, so you know, disappointing not to be higher, but could have been worse. It's not not terrible, I guess. It does mean that you fit in quite well though on this particular podcast because uh, all of our fantasy scores throughout the season there was not too many good ones. Seven thousand is probably our best ranking. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many people are. Are involved in the NRL one, but yeah, we I think Lee and I finished around eighteen thousandth in the AFL comp. So yeah, you've got us covered. Has pretty high up there. Nope, nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope, no, nope. <laughs> uh, very good. Has what about this? Uh, what about this story about the asbestos, the asbestos scandal that's been uh, found at Lotto Land, and they were, you know, there was a bit of conjecture about whether they were going to be allowed to, obviously. Uh, host the final Lotto Land is the old Brookvale Oval isn't it it's called Lotto Land now to look after the sponsors yeah I think uh, Manly probably need all the help they can get going into the finals now with without Tom Trebojevic they um, they struggled on the weekend without him uh, against the Eels obviously the Eels have a great record at Bank West and, and continued that but um, but yeah if they if they were to lose that home home final that would be another one uh, against them um, yeah because so, there was yeah. a few people even saying sort of uh, scandal and like uh, 
bit of a witch hunt out against the Sea Eagles. There was plenty happening in the media today, uh, but then it's all been cleared up and they are they do have the all clear to host the mm-hmm. final now. They're just going to chip off the asbestos. So how do you get rid of asbestos, Gert and Gingers? They, uh, they uh, just cleared it as best as they can. All right. As best as they can. <laughs> oh, seriously, where is this sound effect? Oh, I've got to find it. How's the, it's so hard. Go to give me Bloody some what? warning, please. When you're, when you're going to drop that zinger? Well, you know that. Well, just have your fi- just have your just have your finger hovering over the button, button Lee, right? There we go. Uh, yes. That was worth a while. Oh wait. my god! Well, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Would you like me to help you move on from that one? <laughs> yeah, just dig me out of there, please, Hasan. Please, we waited for that. I know. I know we don't have much time. So uh, moving on with uh, Souths upsetting, probably upsetting in my opinion, the Roosters on the weekend um, might give them a bit of. Uh, confidence going into the finals. Um, injuries galore that game, and South's actually finishing the game with only twelve players. They couldn't they couldn't bring on a thirteenth um, person onto the field uh, because there was that many HIAs and and uh, injuries for the, for the players on the bench. So um, just is that South? South they said, yeah. Holy yeah. Moses, Gingis, is that a concern going into the finals? Oh, I think a lot of them were just HIAs that are sorted out. So I think most of them will be back. Obviously, a big concern. Uh, Burgess being out for a week with a hair pull. Um, there was a massive. There was hair pulling everywhere over the weekend. We're going to talk uh, about that later as well, Ging. Well, I mean, Wiria Hargraves broke someone broke someone's temple, and he got the same punishment. So we'll see how fair that is come Saturday, come Friday. Sorry, it does seem yeah slightly unusual. Talking punishments, I guess um, another one was Canberra's Hudson Young. Uh, it was the eye gouge? Yeah. So they that's they, the second time though, isn't it? Yeah, they lost to the Warriors, which was a surprise. Uh, but, yeah, he just came back after five weeks away from the game from an eye gouge and, and you know, you, you couldn't tell definitely, <laughs> I guess, that he that he uh, got fingers in the eye, but it looked pretty bad. And um, certainly Andrew John's post-game was calling for him to receive a 20-week ban. Um, 20 weeks. For, uh, for a consecutive eye gouge, which is pretty – it's a pretty poor um, – It's not a great little thing, but really, – No, definitely. Um, yeah, no, the old eye gouging, there was just a spate actually across both codes. We'll go on to AFL later, but there was a spate of just attacking faces and hair. Oh, well, play on. <laughs> Anything else for us, Hats? Nah, nah, not much else. That's uh, that's pretty much the wrap. We don't need to know that the Titans only just lost to the, uh, the Dragons. Yeah, the um, but... Titans. <laughs> Who cares, Carl? Bye. <laughs> the bye. <laughs> <laughs> the new coach effect still killing it there, Gingus. Absolutely horrific football side, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't win them all. Um, no. Gingus, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on, uh, we must say, uh, and we look forward to obviously your continual involvement in the podcast. We know that you are a big supporter. Uh, who have you got this weekend, Ging, in grade cricket? Uh, we've got Uni, the powerhouse of Uni, so a little uh, repeat of last year's final, so it should be a, should be a cracker. Uh, cool. Locking Pfeffer back on deck. Yeah, yeah. Locking Pfeffer back on deck for us this weekend. Um, so yeah, should be a, should be a belter actually. Big inclusion. You're a bit stiff getting sort of the two powerhouses of the competition in the first two rounds. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. It's uh, I don't know what to say really. <laughs> no, uh, no, it should be a cracker game. Uh, and with Feth back, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we can sort of uh, change our fortunes a little bit. Absolutely, Gingus. Been a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for being with us. No, thank you, boys. I'll speak to you when Lee hits his next boundary in about six weeks. (laughs) Cheers, King. See you guys. Bye.
Okay, guys. Uh, obviously, we've said farewell to Goads. Wonderful chat, that. He's a good man, isn't he? Skin. He is, yeah. One of the greats, Kingus. You played against him a couple of times, haven't you, Skin? Uh, just the once, I think. Just once. How'd that go? Um, not too... Oh, no. Actually, that's a lie. I think we got dusted um, by a fair bit. And I I think I was I was wicket-keeping in first grade at the time um, and came out to bat at, at number seven or eight or something and, and ended up... I think we were nine down for, for most of my innings and I managed to survive Genghis's spell but got, got quickly dealt with by Jack Wildermuth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not, uh, not a great upgrade. Yeah, that. Copped a Gingis, bit of a, go to Wildermuth. Yeah, copped a serious bouncer barrage for a few overs there and then and then another Yorker was, was my demise. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. That, that hurts, that's for sure. Um, no, very good player actually, that is for sure. Andrew Goaty and, and a good man, very entertaining value. Uh, loves a pun, doesn't he? Has sure does. Shame we couldn't uh, talk to him for any any longer because he would have been some uh, had some good value for us. I reckon yeah, we might have to get him in the studio at some stage. I think we've got a spare microphone here. We'll we'll get him on properly. But uh, that was a very good introduction. And obviously, the first time we've ever had a phone guest as well. Uh, so yeah. if there are any Next flaws in times. that, just stick with us because I'll have to work out how to use that properly. Um, but. Very, very good. All right, guys, uh, we are moving on to the AFL now. That was out. That was out of bounds. That was out of bounds. Out there, In there and out there Guys, we did have a chat to Andrew while he was on the phone uh, just about sort of Sam Burgess, the suspension. He was obviously, as a South fan, not very happy with that. Uh, but he has definitely been given a week has uh, for his hair pulling saga scandal, um, which is obviously you know we can we can probably argue back and forth about whether that's appropriate. Obviously, Goaty did not think it was appropriate. Um, but then we sort of it's been a massive saga over the whole weekend across codes as we talked about in that interview. Um, certainly, Zach Merritt was sort of fined uh, for the same thing. He pulled Nick Nat Newey's hair uh, and then was consequently thrown over the fence by Nick that knew uh, it was quite an aggressive response uh, which I'm not sure I understand that getting your hair pulled well I probably don't understand actually because I got minimal hair uh, but I'd, I would think that getting your hair pulled is not great uh, but I'm unsure that you can react like that either yeah it doesn't look good uh I think as a as a fan of the team, if you, if one of your players is pulling another player and another team's hair and and results in a suspension, then you're pretty disappointed. That's a it's a tough way to lose a player for a week or, or whatever it might be. So um, probably need to be smarter than that as a player. Yeah, absolutely, that's true. Um, and certainly, where, where do you stand, guys? We've had a little bit of controversy. Uh, this is probably a controversial topic, but I've certainly Rabs uh, is a footy player at a club. Uh, he's written in. I'm unsure of how he got the nickname Rabs either, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, no. I do know this. His last name's De Hare. So, like, De Hare, like a rabbit. Rabs. Oh, that's so clever. Yeah. Someone's a genius at, down at the footy club. Who thought of that? That's outstanding. Because I was thinking of, like, Rabs Warren. Nope. Nope. Not at all connected. <laughs> Excellent. Um, please, we got to the bottom of that. Um, but, boys, you probably do have to expect, like, in my opinion, I, this is one thing I do agree with Rabs on. If you're going to play with massive dreadlocks, there's probably a chance that they are going to get pulled at some stage. Now, I'm not saying that people should go around trying to take them as a souvenir, um, but what I am saying, like, Zach Merritt was losing his balance there. 
right, like he was about to fall over. He's obviously reached out to grab something. He's got a big yank of his hair to pull himself back into balance. So it looks horrendous. But I don't think he actually set out with the intention of, I'm going to pull this bloke's hair uh, and then get myself cartwheeled over the fence. Like, I don't think that would have been sort of his plan. So surely if you – I mean, like, Sam, you you obviously do have very long hair, but you'd be stiff to get it pulled in cricket. (laughs) Well, you did did have very long hair. Sorry, we are going to talk about that later. Um, But where do you stand on that one, Haz? Oh, I think you've got to expect that it's going to happen by accident um, enough, but you're going to hope that they don't do it on purpose. Uh, But they probably also expect that it will happen on purpose sometimes. Uh, I think some of those football players, I don't like to stereotype them, maybe are looking for a chance to assert their dominance and, and show a bit of aggression though. So mm-hmm. um, at any at any opportunity, um, they like being able to retaliate and, and show that they're, they're tough. I know when I used to play a bit of AFL, it used to oh, annoy me so much when I was off the ball. The ball was down the other end of the field and, and the guy who was marking <laughs> me was pinching me and pushing me and, and shoulder charging me. And I was like, what's going on, mate? The ball is nowhere near us. <laughs> I, I wasn't playing a game of rugby league where I could then tackle him the next time he got the ball and, and smash him. He'd get the ball and then handball it or kick it before I got the chance to lay a yeah, hand on him. That's but, frustrating. Um, that is frustrating. Mind you, our coach actually tries to get us to do that. <laughs> the ball can be 150 metres away and you still yeah. want to be grilling the yeah, bloke. loves a niggle. I find it very hard to do that. Also, the umpires are too far away from my liking then because if someone turns around and goes, I've had enough of this, I'm belting now, then I will be not offering too much in the boxing realm. Yeah, no, you'll probably be on the wrong end of that one. But <laughs> Thanks for the confidence build there, Skin. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be any better. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, I've seen it. Um, boys, and then Toby Green was actually fined $7,500 for his rough contact charge as well, which also involved a bit of hair pulling, is what I mean. It was just an epidemic, you know, sort of hands around the face, elbows in the face, so just rough conduct, I guess. Uh, there was an allegation of an eye gouge as well, which we talked about that being done in the NRL over the weekend, didn't we, Has? But uh, he was all clear of that or inconclusive evidence, I guess. So he's just been with the fine, or he's been fined, and he will play this week. Ironically, play against the Lions, so it would have been great if he got ruled out, to be honest. Uh, Skinnold, we've had a couple of questions. I think you're going to get to that later, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I might give it a quick mention. Got it. Oh, you can give it a match now if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, we should start by saying that we definitely went to the Lions game on the weekend straight from cricket, uh, and that was disappointing, to say the least. We knew that Richmond were running pretty hot, uh, but Brisbane sort of, in the first quarter, dominated, uh, had eight shots for goal and kicked two. So that was mm, probably just something that came back to bite them in the end. But that third quarter, yeah, they got exactly. obliterated, blown out of the water, and probably mainly by Dustin Martin as well, which is concerning if we can't figure out a way to shut him down. But obviously we need to get through GWS first uh, at home at the Gabbett this weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, that is correct. And I, I was I was doing a bit of homework for my, my skin stats segment and I looked, had a look into the Lions game. Interestingly, the, the Lions really did dominate sort of every area of the game bar goal kicking, basically. Uh, actually, like they had more, more disposals, they had more inside 50s, they had more contested possessions. They were sort of the better team. Really and they, just it was didn't just, feel like yeah. that, did it? No, no. But, yeah, it sort of – it didn't feel like that at all because, like, as soon as Richmond did get the ball, they were just so effective and so efficient with it. And, and it took them, like, 12 disposals to kick a goal, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, true. no, it was it was impressive to watch watch Richmond, um, and and yeah, now the Lions have a pretty tough game against GWS this weekend. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they can bounce back. I've and yeah, we had a question about the Lions. I know this isn't this isn't the official skin stats segment, but we had a question about the Lions' chances of of beating GWS. 
Um, and I've done a little bit of homework into it. I haven't, haven't, didn't get ages to do this, um, but I sort of tried to try to approach it similarly to my tipping of the Rugby Union World Cup, if you remember. Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I've, I've only got the lines, so I've sort of, oh, yep, perfect. It's <laughs> a dog that wants to go Thanks, rubs. Let me get the door for you. <laughs> So yeah, so I've sort of I've sort of approached it similarly to the Rugby Union World Cup and and sort of had a look at their their for and against against GWS, their for and against at the Gabba, their for and against in finals, and sort of come up with a weighted average. And I'm only giving the poor old Lions about forty three percent chance of winning this one. Yeah, um, but what would you know? I guess so yeah, exactly. That was that. no, no. Well, that was my next point. Is what would I know? And and thankfully for me, there is all, all the lines. There's there's a, a sort of a, a website here called Footy Forecaster that I've been looking at throughout the season, um, and they well they sort of tip every game basically and give every game a probability, and they they've tipped. 63% of games correctly this season which is significantly better than I did in my work tipping competition so we'll take these guys answer and they're given the Lions a 64% chance of winning the game we'll so. take that and absolutely run to the next point yes um, a couple of things that came out of the Collingwood versus Geelong clash on the weekend uh, was that there was a Guernsey clash we should speak about uh, and the people were quite upset Eddie McGuire particularly because he made a handshake agreement 20 years ago uh, he was notably upset that Geelong did not wear their away shorts, their white shorts. Uh, so there was definitely a clash of Guernsey. I've never seen in a final like two teams that are obviously very good, so many handballs going directly to opposition players. And it just it seems ridiculous to me that you know the AFL, which is a multi-million dollar industry, how we cannot afford to either have like a clash Guernsey, which lots of clubs have anyway, or just make one team we're all black and one team mate, we're all white. Like it's just crazy to me that we can have that happening. Um, and I'm unsure if maybe Geelong was upset about uh, the fact that they didn't have a home final, so they've used this as a way to put their foot down. Um, but that probably brings us to our next point is that um, BT, Skin, well, you, you heard this actually, you were sitting next to me, so BT, what did he say for, on the basis of the Geelong home final? Because we know that that's been some controversy over the last couple of weeks yeah it has it has been a point of debate um about yeah about the long home final and, and bt was a massive fan of playing the game at the mcg and he sort of went on went on a spiel about i think he said said something along the lines of you can't you can't be playing a final at geelong when you can get ninety three thousand at the mcg it's ridiculous too many people would miss out um and i i just have to disagree really i feel like <laughs> that the the way finals are set up is so that the team that has been better throughout the entire season gets rewarded with a home, with the home ground advantage, mm. um, and and that's not and, the MCG. Yeah, and that, that is not like Geelong might be near Melbourne, but it's that's certainly not their home ground. That is not the home ground advantage at all. Um, in fact, in fact, when Geelong again, this is not the the skin stat segment, but I've had a got to quickly mention when Geelong do play at home they win 67% of their games which is like, very impressive that's, that's right up there with sort of the best in the comp um, and when they play at the MCG they win only 54% of their games and and it, even sort of worse when they play at the MCG in finals they win only 46% of their games so it sort of it makes it really make, makes a massive difference and it sort of changes the sort of the whole yeah. fabric of the season really in my opinion I, I can't agree with BT there and I'm interested to see see what you guys have to say yeah I guess you can liken it to the NRL finals coming up with um, Manly playing against the Sharks this 
coming weekend and the final set to be played at Lotto Land Stadium, which we spoke about. Brookvale there and doesn't hold that many people uh, at the ground. I mean, both teams are from around Sydney, uh, the Cronulla Sharks and Manly Seagulls. So uh, you could say in the same thing, well, we'll play them at a big stadium in Sydney, which holds a lot more people, but they're not. They're keeping it at Brookvale, which is, is the way to go and and definitely gives Manly uh, more of a chance than what they, they would have had elsewhere. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't understand. Like BT's comments there, that's great. Yeah, you can fit more people in, but... Richmond versus Brisbane yeah. would have also had far more people, like if we had played that in Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. So well, why does anyone get a The MCG final? is the biggest stadium. Like if that's your argument, then just fly everyone to the MCG for yeah, every finals game every and game, make, it, make it fair. Do like, the NRL magic round for finals. <laughs> as. Um, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, like if that's your argument, then at least make it fair and across the board. Like now Geelong have missed out on their home ground advantage while the Lions have got theirs. It just, um, well, I mean, not that I'm, much yeah, of an they, advantage. They, did, they did make great use of it. And, <laughs> and I guess as a Lions fan, I'm not complaining too much, but it's just, yeah, it's not consistent. And it you'd, hope, me. you'd hope they'd get some sort of financial, um, you know, incentive yeah, for, for yeah, moving yeah, that final to so, the yeah. MCG. And, yeah. They'd and have to get a cut of like the extra people that came, surely. Yeah, There's 60 think. extra thousand yeah. people paying for tickets. And mm. Yeah, you're right, Hutz. That's probably a different way to look at it. Maybe there are some financial reimbursements there for yeah. sure. And no doubt, but even even that sort of bothers me a little bit. The fact, like it's a, it's a, like you said, it's already probably a multi-million dollar industry. I don't think they're struggling for dollary dues and they're sort of, I would rather, I don't know, I would just rather see it played sort of the way it should yeah. be played. Oh, I agree completely. Thank you very much, Skinnell. Uh, we will move on. And uh, we, we aren't actually doing a skin stats uh, segment this week. Um, so stiff. we are, yeah, very stiff. Um, so we are going to obviously save those for next week. You do have a couple there. Jeez, um, I've worked out to prepare them too. That's, that's well, heartbreaking. Well, Skinnell, the good news about you having them uh, is that they will still be available in a week's time. Don't worry. I've seen this one before. It's a delayed telecast. Oh. Um, so uh, instead, we actually are going to debut a new segment. Um, and given that we've got Hazlitt signed on, with this full-time role. Uh, this is a segment that we are calling Sam Spam, uh, and it's just another little jingle that I'm going to have to write at some stage. Uh, it's kind of given your musical ability that potentially you should sing that one. My musical ability. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find it's non-existent. <laughs> well, it's not the feedback I've received, Skin. Uh, there's some great <laughs> great comments about the don't bowl their backup vocals. Sharks, I'm yet to hear them. <laughs> We've got to upload the rap so we can get some feedback on your rapping. Surely that's going to bolster the confidence. Yeah, yeah. Get something going in my favor. Uh, so, Sam, we've got a couple of things here that the uh, that the listeners have sent in for us. Uh, and we're going to put you on the spot here and see how you go. Now, I'm unsure of who sent this one, but I'm figuring that it must be someone that's closely related to you. It says, which side of the family do you credit your sporting ability to? <laughs> well, oh, it's obvious, isn't it? I have to credit to my mum's side of the family, uh, the dailies. Uh, my... Yeah, so I don't think that's the answer that this particular person was looking for. <laughs> yeah, probably not, and I was probably uh, assuming that as well. But um, my mum was a, a world champion Highland dancer, also known as Scottish dancing. So, um, so pretty oh, impressive. Yeah. It might not be a, a world renowned renowned sport, uh, but but she was very good. And, and I see the, the trophies and medals lying around the house that she won from that. And she still teaches and judges and uh, is on on the board for uh, Highland Dancing in, in Queensland and Australia. So um, pretty impressive there. Um, I think the only thing I inherited from my dad was uh, 
some weak muscles and, and a tendency to tear them because um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're both fairly injury prone. <laughs> now, I must admit that was a bit of a trick play, Has And one thing that you won't inherit from your dad is his surfboards because he sent that question in. <laughs> <laughs> He's already promised me them, so I can't take that. I can't take that out. No, he is a good surfer and, and, and grew up surfing and uh, also very handy rugby league player back in the day. So I may have got uh, a little bit of that off him as I used to play, but... Um, but I'm happy with Tracy getting the credit there. I like that. We'll stick with that as the answer. Don't sit on the fence, has. He certainly can't claim the the batting or cricketing ability. Is uh, his his batting record was pretty poor. Um, <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you as much uh, when he when he played school cricket. Uh, one of the great supporters, though, he was there watching on the weekend. So we'll take that. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben. Any time you want to come down and watch, then. Uh, down the coast We're playing down the coast This weekend You can have a surf first And then come and watch Yeah I'm sure he will yeah. Yeah, and yeah, My grandparents live down there So it's always good to Play down the coast Get them to come along hopefully Magnificent um, Has we got a question here From Adam uh, Regarding your average For Redlands Versus your average For Queensland <laughs> Much of there's more To that question than, uh, Is that a bit of a Is that a, a bit of a hit At you Or oh, I think it's been a while Since Adam's uh, had much as much to do at the club as yeah, he used gonna, to. I haven't uh, seen Adam for yeah. four years. So. He's been missing in action around Redlands lately, but um, but yeah, if you, I guess it, it is. Is this fair? It's a fair comment. Uh, a few years ago, I think my first year for Queensland, I averaged about uh, in the forties in Shield cricket, and and I think I played six games for Redlands that year, and and with a average of 18 and a half or something so um, certainly didn't match up and, and it was just disappointing not to um, do, do the uh, do the same thing for Redlands um, and uh, and it has improved though in the last couple of years uh, two years ago average 35 for Redlands um, still not not <laughs> groundbreaking but um, <laughs> last year last year average 48 so that's it's right. only up and up so it's improving yeah, isn't it? that's it um, very good has you've done well there um, now guys we do have just a couple of minutes left uh, and this is a segment that we haven't done um, for a couple of weeks so it is important that we get through it now guys, the social sim mid. Uh, I've got a couple of big names for you here. Uh, Steve Harmson, uh, ex-England quick, uh, he came out overnight and said that regardless of how good of a batter Steve Smith is, he will only be remembered as one thing. A cheat. Bit of exaggeration there. Yeah, um, massive. I, I think he might be remembered as someone that could right. battle right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think people will forget the fact that he was uh, out of the game for a year for the, the Sam Sandpaper saga, um, as a few other players in the team were. Um, and so that will definitely stay with him forever, I reckon. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but he's not going to be remembered only as that. He no. is the number one batter in the world on the ICC rankings, has been for a fair chunk of his career um second best average to don bradman those sort of things so it's hard to forget yeah, those it's, yeah, it's pretty high up there on the rap sheet it's not really negligible no averaging 60 odd yeah i think uh oh. i think oh, so really the the only like the word only i'll take issue with the yeah. which is a direct quote so for the word only steve you can have 10 in the bin they have been frequent this season uh, and they will continue to be right now and uh, was the other one uh now we will i'll get a little bit of hate here so you guys don't have to agree with me uh but i found the matt Pryor comments worthy of a social sim bin when he tweeted nathan lyon after obviously dropped the run out attempt 
uh, in the last test match saying Mother Cricket sleep well. Obviously in retaliation from something that happened years earlier. Uh, but I thought that he's worthy of a social symbiont. My reasoning being uh, that he's hanging on to something that Nathan Lyon said in the lead up to an Ashes test in Australia, well, the last time England were out here, was obviously trying to get a reaction out of the English team, trying to get batsmen to take him down uh, and was actually using it as a way to promote. Right, And then Matt Pryor, like Nathan Lyons, still playing cricket at that point, still putting himself out there to make mistakes still on the yeah. field, regularly, you know, trying to win games for his country and, and obviously at risk of making mistakes. Matt Pryor in the meantime has been retired or given up for mm-hmm. five years uh, and sits there and obviously hasn't made a mistake since. He's been flawless and then waits for Nathan Lyon to make one mistake and then jumps on his computer and tweets, good night, nurse, yeah. uh, which I think is a pretty ordinary option. Yeah, I mean, you don't know the background to it exactly, but you think as a fellow um, professional cricketer, you understand the pressures involved and, and the fact that you do make mistakes and, and all those sort of things. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, uh, he wouldn't have taken kindly to that if someone had sprayed him for something like that on Twitter when he was playing. He would have been like, mate, don't you understand what it's like? Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. But maybe, I don't know, post-cricket, he's trying to stay relevant, trying to get his name out there, trying Correct. to, you know... That, that's you, you see that a fair bit as well. That's right, and that's uh, that's certainly my issue with it. I think it's been used as clickbait uh, as a way to stay relevant after being out of the game for a decent period of time. Uh, but anyway, it's come back to bite him again because they've lost the next test anyway. So, uh, Matt, you can sleep well in the social symbol. Yeah. Uh, and then, boys, the last one we spoke about this, we alluded to this at the start, but uh, some of these commentators right, that are getting paid decent dollars, I would assume, uh, that uh, are commentating on our games, and they're just not offering a great deal. For example, um, Steve Smith, we've talked about the fact that he's a reasonable batter. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Michael Holdings' plan and approach for how all the bowlers should bowl to him was – the other night when he was the first innings was saying bowl outside off stump to Steve Smith for longer because the way he fidgets tells him that he wants to score and he won't leave the ball for a long period of time. Now, I think that like across the five years that Steve Smith's been a gun, someone's probably tried that <laughs> at some stage. <laughs> I don't think anyone's like come in and gone, oh, you know, we haven't tried ever before bowling it outside off stump. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good in theory. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's good through the offside too. Yeah, um, it's not quite good. And, and, and the bowlers, you know, if that's your plan, then that's a plan. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a terrible plan, to be honest. Um, yeah. if, if that is your plan, um, you've got to be able to execute it. And, uh, and bowlers then miss their lengths. They bowl half volleys outside off stump, which is very good at putting away and, and, yeah. and cut shots as well. So, um Unfortunately, they haven't been able to outdo him. There. Nah. So, yeah. so that one I found baffling, boys. And the other one was Nasser Hussain talking about Marnus's batting. We spoke. We actually wrote a song about where Marnus likes to score his runs. Do you remember where it was, Skinner? Uh Off the wheels. Correct. Off yeah. the wheels. Right. Uh, so Nasser Hussain on day one when Marnus got runs again uh, said that <laughs> the bowling plans of England has been brilliant today because instead of bowling outside of stump where they found that Marnus leaves so well – they've decided to bowl straighter to him. It's like that's exactly what he wants you to do. Uh, but to counter it, they put one extra fielder on the onside. Brilliant. Uh, that <laughs> just, doesn't make a lot of sense. I think all. that like, again, that's just the reason that he leaves so well It's so that people bowl at his pads so yeah, they can hit it. Exactly. So I don't understand how it's a better bowling plan to come in and go, you know what we'll do? Bowl it where he wants us to bowl it. <laughs> 
we'll just give him some free runs. Yeah. As is not in his head, but he's not yeah. giving us a great deal. Yeah. Don't <laughs> have much to add there. He likes Nas. He likes Nas. It's his favourite commentator. I'm not willing to put him in the bin. Sorry, Hans. Do you want me to agree with you again, Meg? You don't have to. You can disagree if you want, but I just feel like you won't disagree because you've seen Manus bad. No, I mean... Yeah, I think uh, if you're going to go with a plan like that, you've got to go all out and really stack the leg side and, yeah, and, and do that. But, that's exactly right. But it is what he likes and, and he does it pretty well. I mean, we have seen him get out caught at mid-wicket Yeah, I was going to say, was it was against yeah. India when they had five people yeah. on the leg side. Yeah, so yeah, you've exactly. really got to commit to it got to go and, um, and, and do it for a long period of time with the field set for that and, and with the bowlers committing to it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Guys, that is the social sim bin for the week. Thank you very much for tuning in. A couple of big names uh, to get through there, which is important that we get them on the radar and put them in the bin where they deserve to be. Uh, And, guys, that's also the way that we are going to finish the podcast episode this week. We're pretty close to time, maybe fractionally over, definitely fractionally over. Uh, That'll cop some editing. Uh, But it has been obviously a little disjointed with uh, jumping around to our interviews and stuff, but there's been some great chat in there. We do thank you very much for being with us. As per usual, uh, you have been great this week with letting us know what you want us to talk about, some of the big issues that we need to bring to Sam, uh, some of the big issues that you need us to discuss in general. So use our Instagram page, use Twitter, use our Facebook page, uh, and obviously send us any emails at wegotthechocolates at gmail.com to get in touch with us and make sure that you are heavily involved in the show. Thanks for your time, boys. Sam, we look forward to seeing you again next week. You come back. I'll do my best. (laughs) <laughs> that is very non-committal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. We might need to check on Basley's hiatus. Uh, skin on. Thanks so much for the invitation. Uh, get us a good skin stat segment for next week. Yeah, Thank you, guys. ready to go already. How good. Yeah, exactly. There you go. No homework this week. Skin on. Free money. Thanks, guys. Magnificent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.